welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven is with me. It's been about a week and a half since we recorded, and uh, the Dodgers are they're winning lots of lots of games. Yeah, um, this podcast is actually sponsored by Stained, and it, it's been a while um, since we last recorded. Um, they played ten games. I don't think Stained and... has money to sponsor anything anymore. <laughs> That's true. Well. Yeah, they they yeah they, pro- so, they probably do. They they can afford our rates. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um. But and like normally they would have had an eleventh game that we would have talked about because we're recording this on a Sunday night. But twenty twenty is weird, and the Dodgers are playing a seven p.m. home game on on Sunday night. I asked about this a couple weeks ago, and then like Dave Roberts talked about it today too. There's no reason that I can tell that this happened. Like. The, the Dodgers. There is, in hindsight, there's a good reason because of the heat well, wave, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it, uh, I think around Dodger Stadium, it's probably like in the two uh, hundreds. Maybe one. I don't. Maybe one hundred seven, one hundred eight today. Woodland Hills got to one twenty one, which was an LA County record. Um, uh, and like I'm in West Covina, it got to one sixteen. It's one eleven as we're recording. Oh no, I'm sorry, one hundred eight right now as we're recording. So. I have two fans and an air conditioning within five feet of me, um, so sorry for the ancillary noise, but uh, Daddy's got to stay cool. So, um, <laughs> and by the way, that oh, that's felt gross. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah. Uh, so speaking yeah, of staying uh, hot, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about the Dodgers oh. and their upcoming week. And the the the, the I don't know if actually we're talking about the upcoming week. We probably will a little bit, but we'll talk about what the week that happened. I have questions from Craig. Craig has a trivia question for me, and you have trivia questions for me, despite the fact that I'm not very good at it. But I'll, you know, I'll embarrass myself for the fans. Yay! We'll do all of that after this. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What stuck out for you during this? It's not a winning streak. They have a couple of losses since we last recorded, but they've just looked. It's like everything's just kind of clicking. It kind of looks like. Yeah, like it, we, it we helps talked to, to play the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, like like le, le, the National League generally is yeah. bad, and like and they haven't played like the A's yet, and the, like the one good team in the AL West, like for sure, good team. Um, so that's part of it, but also like the Dodgers weren't like they they're so deep, like that they like until like at some point in late August, they're like three main left-handed bats were all under 200 and like a five or 600 OPS. And they're, they've been like coming on. Jock Peterson is like the, 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 like the last to sort of catch on, but like they were still like winning and being awesome. Like, but then like as more and more and more players are starting to like hit in unison, then they're, they're just, they're winning games like they should win. And like, but at also at, at like an unprecedented rate, I, I don't, I don't want to get too caught up in the like, Everyone keeps saying like, "Hey, well, you know, if this were a full season, well, like, they, well, yeah, that's because it's a full season and it's really hard to do." Like, it just that I think we should recognize that for forty-one games, they've been unreal, like awesome, and so like that, it's worth appreciating. It doesn't mean they're like a seven thirty winning percentage over one sixty-two. You know, like that's there's a reason it's hard to do that for one sixty-two because you can't really keep that up, um, but. Like the way they won games, like there's been sort of some things that stood out. So um, they're 30 and 11 as we record this. They'll they'll probably be, I guess, the Sunday game uh, under uh, in the books after uh, we record and by the time this comes out. Um, but they started 30 and 10. That they lost last night was the news, right? Like they just <laughs> haven't really lost. Like they were um, they won 19 out of 22 before that loss. So it's been kind of kind of crazy um but 30 and 10 matches their uh best 40 game start uh, they also did it in 1977 and 1955 and 88 but 1888 not 1988 that we <laughs> usually hear um but yeah also the no team in mlb started 30 and 10 uh, since the 2001 mariners uh, and they won 116 games so and they were 31 and 9 so um they even they couldn't keep up the the 750 plus pace over 162 um so it's hard um now i i sort of okay like the i guess the one standout like so we since we recorded we recorded on the morning of the double header in san francisco like after the, the protest day mm-hmm. um and then the dodgers pitched two shutouts that day um and so since we recorded clayton kershaw hasn't given up a run um he was six scoreless innings in, in that game in San Francisco. He started game one. Um, he, he's His stuff was, like, okay that day, but he sort of, like, gutted through it. And also it's the Giants, uh, partially. But then his um, his start the other day um, against the Diamondbacks, he actually took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. But it was one of the – he was striking out a bunch of people. I think he struck out eight. Um, and – it was to the point where he was at like 90 something pitches in the sixth and he didn't give up a hit till the sixth, And it was on a, like a, it, it could have easily been an error call. Cause Kiki Hernandez, like a good throw would have got the runner, but it was just offline. Um, but, uh, so like that was odd, but also Dave Roberts was saying after he was like, Kershaw was coming out after six, no matter what, even if he had a no hitter and Dave Roberts, given his history of taking people out with no hitters, like, 
like you can take that at face value. Like I think for sure he would have done it, especially like the way they're sort of handling the whole staff this year. Even like Kershaw gets extra rope, but even that he he wasn't gonna be able to finish it. But uh, the fact is he he's pitching very well. His strikeout rate is his highest since like 2016. He currently has a 150 ERA, so things are going very well in the Kershaw department. Uh, there were some wins where they just like bludgeoned the other team or just like the game wasn't particularly close they they had two like not close wins in in texas against the rangers um two against arizona and then one of the games uh against the giants since we recorded um they also had comebacks one of the games against arizona was they just couldn't do anything all night they're down one nothing um uh, into the ninth inning on Wednesday, Mookie Betts hit a home run to tie it, and then the Dodgers uh, gave up a run in the tenth, but then rallied uh, for uh, for two in the tenth to win it. Um, so, and then they had a wild back and forth Friday night. Uh, it was like a basically a, a battle of the bullpens late. It was like two two in the seventh at one point. The Dodgers rallied for the lead in the seventh. Then the Rockies, uh, Kevin Pillar of all people, hit a grand slam. Um, uh, Kevin Pillar, excuse me. And then, the, but then the Dodgers hit three home runs in the eighth inning, and they won ten six. So, like, even that's not a, technically a close game, but it, it really was. They just sort of, they just they're so deep. They just keep piling on, and it's really hard. So the the other thing is like, I guess the bullpen is like probably showing a little cracks, but also they were so like otherworldly good, like that that wasn't going to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had the so I did the one of my f- sort of favorite posts during the year is the season in thirds breakdown and over a full season it's a lot cooler to do it because it's like <laughs> 54 game stretches and like i was gonna do it earlier this year but when the 20th game came around i think i was like super busy that week and you I was could like, still uh, do a 54 game wrap-up you know well, I was, before the season <laughs> I, I i was thinking about that like i was sort of joking like i should just do like that and then and then let let like the let the last week go by and not even update it. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so after the fortieth game, I decided to do that. Uh, and well, truth be told, I'm also kind of an idiot. Um, most so most times on like for the weekly review uh, stuff, I calculate the stats myself in Excel uh, or not Excel, um, Google Doc or Google Sheets, I guess. Um, and I use the the game logs on baseball reference so i go player by player and that that was sort of my go-to move for years um such that to go from player page to player page i would just change the player id and the url so like i i have like the the player id for baseball references uh last five or excuse me first five uh letters of last name first two letters of first name and then uh 01 for like the first player of that and then 0203 for subsequent players so like joe kelly is uh he's an 05 because there's there's um four other uh major league baseball jo kelly uh before him and like chris taylor is 03 so like i memorized all this because i'm a weirdo <laughs> um but i figured out like i guess you could just go to fan graphs and like put in the dates and like get that in a ta- like in a single table and then so i've been waiting uh to my my usual go-to move just be the like for each week is like on a sunday I'll, I'll go through and look up all the stats for for each for the team for each player through like saturday and then i'll just add in from the box score sunday so i can like finish it 
at a reasonable time Sunday night so I don't have to like wake up Monday when the stuff's on site. But now I can just do that with fan graphs and it's a lot easier, especially when you're doing like a, a longer stretch of games like this. So it made it easier. So I did another post like that. But the point is, um, the first 20 games of the year, the Dodger bullpen had a 120 ERA, which is, come on, like that's, that's just dumb. Um, they had a 250 FIP. So like, obviously 120 is not a realistic thing to, to do, but even like performance wise, like all the underlying stuff was very, very good. 250 is also great. Um, since then the last 20 was 335, uh, ERA 435 FIP. So like good, but not like great. But, you know, and also very passable. But there's, like, cracks at times. Like, Jake McGee, uh, he gave up uh, four runs in an inning in Texas. Uh, Caleb Ferguson, he's allowed a few homers, including the Grand Slam to Pilar on Friday. Um, Blake Trinan had a shaky outing Saturday in, in their loss. So, but, like, you know, again, as a whole, bullpen, very, very good. And, like, they're generally okay with everyone, just about everyone in there. So it's not, like, a concern, but it's, like, not – it's not as otherworldly as it might have been. So, talked about the bullpen, but the we're going to talk about the trade and, and uh, the trade of Ross Stripling uh, a little bit afterwards. But just wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> shocker. But they have sort of their set five, and they've. They, I don't know if it's fair to say they've been better since that first third, but they've just it's looked solid. Yeah, like they they've been pretty good all year. Like Stripling even had like you know. I say two good starts, and he, he he won his first three, but then he was just pretty bad after that. And like, but for the most part, like everyone else was fine. Bueller had some shaky stuff early when he was still sort of building back up, but like mostly everybody's been fine. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we talk about how the bullpen, like, look, they they've been carrying like ten relievers uh, all year at least. So like that's part of they've been stretching everybody out in the I mean the uh, the bullpen so they're not getting like overworked like they've barely pitched uh, not a lot of back to backs uh, nobody's pitched on three straight days um, they've given ample rest if a, a pitcher throws like twenty pitches or goes multiple innings like with that many relievers it's easier to get to work but also they've it's it's caused them to like. Um, not have any starters go deep like Kershaw obviously gets roped because he's Kershaw he's gone um seven a couple times but like just for the most part like from a as I see it right now like Kershaw and Bueller are like are the 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 starters they're gonna ride in the playoffs like in terms of they don't they aren't gonna get a quick hook now they're I don't think they're gonna necessarily overuse Kershaw like they have in the past to like keep him in dangerously too long or like use him on short rest or anything. But like, I do think that those two are the ones that like have sort of uh, a longer rope where the other three, uh, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May and Julio Urias, um, like they just, they get pulled like in games where like in, you'd think like they would be, they would let them go a little bit. So it just in the time since we last recorded, uh, in Texas, uh, Dustin May uh, had a game where he only threw 80 pitches in six innings. It was 2-2 when he left. Uh, he was pulled. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, two days later, this was a little bit of a weird situation. He was pulled after three innings. He only allowed a run, but like his third inning was like, it was all stress. Like uh, The bases were loaded like a lot of the inning. Uh, he threw 39 pitches in the, in the inning, and then they just, they just yanked him. 
after that, like that's you see that a little bit sometimes if you have a stress inning. They did it to Julio Urias earlier in the year. They pulled him in the second. That's a little bit of a different situation, but it's also it's part of this this just the short, very short rope. Um, Urias again uh, the other day. Um, actually, this was uh, I can't count Wednesday. Uh, Seventy eight pitches in six innings. They were up six to one. Like how do you not let him throw the seventh in that one, right? Seventy eight pitches. It's not that much. Um, I guess part of it is that he's he's actually starting tonight, which is the first time all year uh, they've had a starter go on four days rest. They've had at least five days rest every other time. Wow. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. Um, but Dustin May again on Friday, five and two thirds, 84 pitches. They pulled him down to one uh, with nobody on base. It wasn't like a, um, a situation. But so both May situations, he has um, – like extreme splits in his, his short career so far, like lefties hit him hard, uh, righties don't, and both times left-handed hitters were coming up, so I sort of get why he was pulled, but at the same time, he like he just doesn't um, throw a lot of pitches. Like he, does, I think he threw eighty-eight once, and like uh, or didn't hasn't really gone over that near it since. Oh yeah, also Tony Gonson last night, he was like he was only at seventy-five pitches through six innings in a two-two game. And he, he retired, like, uh, in the fifth and the sixth, the bat in order, and he was hitting, like, um, high 90s velocity still. So, like, I think they got it. I mean, it's clear to see that's that's what they're doing. I think it's, you know, you could probably stand to let these guys go a little bit sometimes, so it's a little bit frustrating. Um, so the Dodgers to pitch in the seventh inning this season that are well, currently here because Stripling did it once, but – Oh, yeah, I have him here. Uh, Kershaw did it twice, Stripling once, and then Urias once. He pitched two batters in the seventh in one game. The current non-Kershaw Bueller starters to throw 85-plus uh, pitches in a game this season, Urias did it twice and May once. So, uh, I, again, I get why they do it. Why they do it. It's a short season. There was a short, like a weird ramp up, so they don't want to, like, necessarily, like, I guess over, like, you know, force it. And also, they're they have like an insane lead. Their position is pretty secure in terms of playoff uh, seating. Um, and I think in the playoffs, they're clearly going to go. I don't think a lot of those guys are going to get to face the third time through the order outside of Kershaw Bueller. So, like, I get it, but like from a, an aesthetic standpoint, it sucks. Like, I don't, it you know, it sucks to like just pull the pull guys because of like a design or uh, I don't know. It just feels. Like I think you got to let them go because at some point this comes down to like the it's not completely analogous to but like almost uh, aside from like uh, like Julio Urias's entire career right like okay <laughs> we're we're gonna we do it's unprecedented we have like a you know a 19 year old in the majors um, he's been, he's so accomplished at this date but we don't want to overwork him we don't want to overwork because then okay next year we'll we'll remove it. obviously he had shoulder surgery that delayed part of it but like it gets to the point it's like when do they get to pitch, right? Like, I think maybe future generations aren't going to go deeper into games. I don't know just because of the way the game works, but it just seems like there's a lot of attrition in this, especially when you're using relievers a lot. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's necessarily good for the like health of the game long-term to do this. I think you should let pitchers go longer if they can. Uh, I get why they're doing it in like, I want, I want to like give them a pass because it's a pandemic year and like, you just want to sort of get through it at this point And it's, you know, so I get it, but it, uh, it's still, 
kind of kind of crappy to watch sometimes. I, something in uh, this is demented, I'm sure, but like kind of likes it. I kind of like that there is just this system, and they the, the, they stick to it, and it, they're just going to do it hell or high water. It'd be great if it produced a World Series once in my life, right? Uh, but I don't know. I like there. There's uh, I. It hasn't bothered me as much as I'm sure a lot of other fans. Well, look. So I, I think it comes down to this. Like I think for me, it's more. It's really is more, almost more aesthetic. Like the the, yeah. the starting pitchers are the draws, right? Like in, in games, uh, in or they they were right. I'm here for Jack McGee. Thank you. Very yeah, much. yeah, yeah. And so like I and I don't I don't think it's to the extreme where like there's other people who are convinced that. Dave Roberts pulling Rich Hill in Game Two in 2017 like lost the series for them. I'm not in that boat because at, at a certain point the players do have to produce, and if Kenley um, doesn't blow that save, they win that series. Also, if the Astros don't cheat, the Dodgers <laughs> probably win that series. So, but like but, you know, but I so I don't think it's that extreme. I don't think it's like oh well they're they're obviously stupid or anything like that. I just think um, from my enjoyment, I like seeing starting pitchers go deep. They don't have to like throw seven eight nine innings all the time but occasionally they can right like and, and like if they don't now when are they going to right like you you're gonna ask a guy later to pitch deeper into games well you've been pulling in at like 75 and 80 pitches at some part of like like developing is like learning to pitch uh you know later in the game um you know how you sort of um, handle that and so I think that's part of that's being lost, so I, that, I, I don't like it from that standpoint. So I mentioned it earlier, uh, this segment, trade deadline. Very is hot stove, doesn't get hotter. I don't uh, remember. I think I said they would trade exactly two people, um, or trade for exactly two people. I forgot what your answer was. But, like, I, whatever it was, we were both over. <laughs> <laughs> because they did not trade for any uh, people on the – on the active or 40 man roster, they actually subtracted, uh, <laughs> which, which was weird. Is this, uh, I'm trying to think of a time where, uh, like, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say this, they were sellers per se, right? Right. but they were, and they're the, the best team in the majors. I can't, I can't think of a time where uh, outside of like, you'll see it now and then to like offset a move or when you take on big salary, like, like when Stripper yeah. originally was originally was going to be traded. As part of the Mookie deal, you still don't like it, but you, you sort of get it. And here just, and uh, I'm sure you'll explain why. I understand why this trade was made, but it's still just weird. Yeah, it, it's a little odd. Like, um, on some level, it's kind of funny if you just, like, sort of divorce everything from it. The Do- it's like the Dodgers going, like, look, we're obviously better than everybody. <laughs> but but here 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 you go other contending team you have one of our cast offs and and good luck with that you know congratulations on adding a good pitcher you and know, it's one thing if they had taken uh, like a done it to take a flyer on reliever or done something like that they're just like eh, yeah. give us some players later you figure it out so I, I think part of it was this uh it's weird because okay so there's two things here right i stripling was like clearly like uh he had lost his spot at that point like he technically made his last start by the next time through, it's like it was pretty clear that the writing was on the wall that like Gonsolin was going to be the guy, and they were about to like not not keep using six starters um, anymore. And, and so I think that was part of it. Like um, 
where they're just like, look, you're not going to be on, you know, a starter. So Stripling has pitched in, in relief uh, over his, you know, previous four seasons. Uh, he's had a multiple number of roles. So like that, like that would have been fine for him to sort of transition to the bullpen. But um, I think also like they looked at their bullpen, which is a lot deeper this year. And they're like, I don't know if he has a role there because even when he did have a role, he didn't pitch much in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And and especially not really much in leverage games. Um, so like it's not like it's this isn't like a Kenta Maeda um, having a dominant like reliever in the eight guy if you're adding him to the bullpen. So I think it was like he just does he's just extra right now, and um, so and there is a, a like I don't want this isn't all like cold. And, and like calculating, but I do really think like I'll take them at their word in that they wanted to give like sometimes this happens right like they wanted to give Ross Stripling a chance to like keep starting, and there were you know teams that were interested. Uh, so he went to the Blue Jays, um, and he started for them uh, the other day. So like, and they're actually I think if I'm not mistaken, they're like two games back of the Yankees right now for second place in the East in the AL East. So that's weird. But like, um, so I think that was part of it. But also the do- for what it's worth. Oh, now, geez. Okay, no, they're wow. actually. Excuse me, they're ahead of the, the Yankees. Um, wow. The, yeah, they're five and a half back on Tampa, but uh, and then the Yankees are six and a half. That's pretty amazing. So like, but yeah, so I think that's part of it. But also, they did get like so they got two players to be named later. One was named the next day. Uh, it was a 2019 <laughs> second round. I still love draft the player to be the, <laughs> Yeah, we have given him a name the day. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, so that was the other thing. Like, there were like uh, fourteen different MLB trades uh, on Monday that had that were in Major League Baseball that had a player to be named later, at least one, because you could only trade players on the sixty-man player pool this year. So, like, players who aren't in that, they like they'll just be named after the season once you know once the season's over. So, like, that was part of it. So. they did. The Dodgers did add Ken, Kendall Williams is the, the the one pitcher they named. Uh, he was a 2019 second round pick. So, um, like that's a like honestly like Stripling did have two more years of like team control, but I think it was pretty clear that like they are he was like further down the totem pole like starting wise, and like they have other relief options. So I think that was part of it. Like sort of continuing to like add to the pipeline of other prospects like coming in um it's so weird that so, yeah that there's you know 2019 games left that's weird <laughs> we're talking about trade line with only 19 games yeah. left uh, where i'm going with this is so this is a sort of an odd and extremely hypothetical question yeah. but i i assume alex wood would be sort of the sixth man in the rotation Who, who's yes. the next Next up after that, do you think, in the organizations? So I think it's Mitch White right okay. now. And, like, he came up. Uh, he's been up a couple times. He actually pitched an inning in relief. Uh, they called him up for that doubleheader. And I think it was, like, I think it ha- had Kershaw not pitched six innings in the first game and they had to use the bullpen a little more, I think maybe he would have started game two hmm. um, to give him a little more length because he's been stretching out uh, at the alternate site. Um, so like, but he ended up not pitching because they didn't, they just went with the bullpen game for yeah. game two. And with, um, with 19 games left and then you don't need five starters, let alone, um, 
let alone the sixth or the seventh. Uh, I don't think it'll come to fruition, but I was just curious about that. Yeah, so I think, and that's part of it. So I don't like if you're if you're asking me right now, like oh, that was the other thing. So Wood is like almost in the same position as Stripling. He's going to be a free agent the year, so not completely, but um, he also lost favor. Like at some point, they decided because you know the old axiom in baseball is you don't really lose your um, your job due to injury. And like he, so he was technically in the starting rotation. Had one start, was bad, but also was hurt. Uh, had a shoulder thing, and then they came back. But like some point during the time where he was ramping back up, like and and before they activated him, they said, "Look, you're going to be in the bullpen," um, because they wanted to get him like stretched out before they brought him back. But then the the day he was supposed to go like four innings, he only threw like two plus in a um, simulated game, the one they like televi or uh, simulcast on. Uh, they streamed it online, I guess. Um, so, like, that was a clear tell that, like, okay, if he's back this year, there also wasn't enough time left in the season. So he's he's a bullpen role only, and I think he was, like, okay with it generally. I don't think he has a spot on the playoff roster in the bullpen. I could be I could be wrong. But so it's a similar situation. Like, but I don't, I don't necessarily think there's a market for Alex Wood right now because he's also dealt with more injury things. He only started, like, seven or eight games last year at all. Um, and there's a, like a outside outside chance that he could be a better stuff wise reliever than Stripling. So like I guess he could like pitch his way onto the playoff roster, but I'm not like holding my breath on that. So that it was weird how like you know those two situations were handled. I don't think they would have got like a second round 2019 draft pick for Wood. So that's also part of it. But um, so it was like it was weird. So like the, so sort of. Pushing Wood and Stripling out of the rotation, you know, in in like lack, you know, in, in the last couple weeks, basically you're you're it's a vote of confidence for Tony Gonsolin. Dustin May was already in the rotation, but it's a vote of confidence for him, and then it strengthens Julio Urias. Like two of those three are going to start playoff games, um, so that's a good sign. Um, and like I think going forward, they're they're gonna rely on them going into like next year and stuff. So and then also since we last recorded, Gavin Lux has basically was called up and basically like the starter at second base against righties now. So like he hasn't done much yet, but like he's gonna get some run here. So like they are like sort of mixing in the young guys. So that that was I think that was also part of it, um, and sort of you know just keep that sort of pipeline churning I guess of, of talent coming up. The other sort of notable trade deadline thing that didn't involve the Dodgers, but the, the Padres traded for Every nine year. players. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, I guess uh, Mike Clevenger was the big the big get for them. Um, who, who with with Zach Plesac in Cleveland went out partying uh, one night uh, in when they were in Chicago and both got optioned to the minors because the team like rebelled against them uh, for breaking like COVID protocols. Uh, but he's actually a really good pitcher. He's been excellent the last couple of years. So uh, they got Clevenger. They got like three or four relievers, two catchers who can actually hit, and their catchers were terrible at the plate. So, like, they really improved themselves. Also, they only gave up, like, one of their top ten prospects, I believe, Taylor Trammell. And all these moves, for the most part, like, helped the Padres, like, uh, in the next few years beyond this year. So it, this wasn't like a selling out uh, going for broke this year. That said, it would have been justified if it was. Like, the Padres are probably, like, the second-best team in the National League. Uh, they just happen to be in the same division as the Dodgers. Um, 
So, like, they're excellent, and I, they're going to be the challenger to the Dodgers the next few years. And I think they strengthen themselves long-term with, with those moves. But, you know, also, there's this all this thing, too, now where, you know, every, like, you know, they won the trade deadline, and, oh, man, San Diego, World Series favorite. Like, you know, everyone wants to get, be the new guy. Like, um, we saw this in the NBA a little bit. It's not the same. Um, cause I think they're better than this, but like the trailblazers were really hot in the bubble and then they're, Oh man, this is like, this has to be like the greatest eight seed ever. And then they won the first game against the Lakers. Are, are the like, are they going to sweep the Lakers? And then they didn't win a game. So like, I don't think the the difference is that stark between the Dodgers and Padres, but the Dodgers are better, but people are like bending themselves into pretzels, like figuring out ways why the Padres are going to beat them. They very well could beat the Dodgers in a playoff series. But it's not; they're not likely to. Um, the Dodgers are still going to be favored no matter how they match up. So not terribly worried there. That said, they are a very good team and, and like, uh, like good enough to, like, win it all if everything breaks right. So I don't want to discount that. It's just, like, I don't want to be like, oh, well, they're, they're the clear favorites now because the Dodgers are still clearly the very best team. I think uh, I was trying to look up. You have a trivia question coming for me, and I was uh... – Looking up if Ross Stripling kept the same number with the uh, the Blue Jays. No, he went to forty eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. I didn't see why. I didn't. I didn't look yeah. into that. Uh, but ESPN, I think, played a little video sound that probably made it to the podcast. So sorry, oh. sorry, listeners. That's ESPN's auto video play fault. Man, I hope we don't. Uh, hope they don't come after us. Um, <laughs> you played three seconds of a stock <laughs> sound clip. <laughs> That'll be $8 billion. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Um, so, okay. So, Ross Stripling now traded. old, Now an old friend, literally. Um, he is also, uh, he and his wife are expecting a baby. They just put out a thing. They put out a picture on Twitter with, um, <laughs> what's that, like, holding Chick-fil-A? <laughs> which was, like, the most Texas birth announcement I've ever seen. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but... Um, in his career, uh, Ross Stripling, uh, he's he's one tenth all time in Fangraphs pitching war at, at 5.0 wins above replacement, tied with Tom Needenfewer among others. Uh, now, other another list. Um, Ross Stripling, he made 59 starts with the Dodgers. He also relieved 84 games. He's one of 120 pitchers to start at least 50 games for the Dodgers. Where does his ERA plus rank among those 120 pitchers? And bonus, what is his ERA plus with the Dodgers? Uh, we'll figure that out after this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Where does Ross Stripling's ERA plus rank uh, as a... So is this his ERA, his ERA plus, not as ERA plus as a starter, right? Right. Total ERA plus. Um, Amongst yeah. people who have started at least 50 games. With the Dodgers, yep, 120 of those pitchers. Where on that list of 120 does he rank? Um, in honor of his new Toronto number, how about no LA number? <laughs> Where do I want to lean? Because it, oh. it lets me go 68th. You should have went with your first. No, 48th. Uh, <laughs> okay, so he's I, actually okay. So the, on the baseball reference list, he's listed 45th. But he's te- oh, I really should have gone 40. He, he's technically tied for 42nd. There is a five-way okay. tie. Do you know what his ERA plus is, knowing I'm, that where he ranks now? Man, I I don't like <laughs> uh, 108. You, man, you are close. 110. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, so he's tied with Chad Billingsley. Hey. Um, tied with Don Sutton, who who, only, who started. <laughs> 533 <laughs> games with the Dodgers, which is hilarious to see. Um, and and also hilarious to know that he also pitched eight other seasons without the Dodgers. so um, Or seven others, I guess. But, um, yeah. Um, so he's at what? Ramon Martinez um, had a 109. So Ross Stripling, better than Ramon Martinez. That's not, that's not exactly how it works, but, you know, just funny how that sort of... Randy Wolf, 111. Um <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun names on this list. Uh, there's some, someone named uh, tied for 51st um, with Fernando Valenzuela is Doug McWeeny uh, with a 107 ERA plus. I think the most surprising thing here isn't mm-hmm. John Sun. It's a, that Randy Wolf started 50 games. He, 52. Like, he, <laughs> he two di- two different years. Yeah, he, no, he was, like I, there's so many players like that where you're like, oh yeah, I guess I guess that's right. <laughs> and I think so. He started 52 games. I'm pretty sure in 47 of those, he gave up two or three runs in the first inning and somehow still made it through <laughs> six innings. Uh, the, the classic Randy Wolf. Um, well, yeah. I'm happy about that. I had a good idea where he was relative. It's just how many. No, you you yeah. for for our intents and purposes, you nailed that trivia question. That was excellent. All right, are you going to nail this Dodgers rewind? I am, oh, and it's, it's someone who actually got nailed. Uh, <laughs> to, to quote um, uh, the McLaughlin group or the Sinatra group from SNL, uh, I excuse myself because I've done them both. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no. So Justin Turner uh, currently on the injured list with a left hamstring strain. Um, this happened or like. It first started before we last recorded. A lot has happened since we last recorded, obviously. But August 22nd against the Rockies, um, he was hit by the by a pitch on his hamstring. Um, and uh, then six days later, when the when they were in Texas, uh, he, he stole a base, was successful, but hurt his hamstring on the steal, and he hasn't played since. Um, during uh, the doubleheader, which was the day before that steal, 
he was hit by a pitch in both games of the doubleheader. Uh, this took a little while to look up because the you have to sort of scroll through. I, I just basically looked for every Dodger to get hit by a pitch and sorted by date and tried to find the doubleheaders. Um, but he's the first Dodger to get hit in both games of a doubleheader since 1935. Um, and this person's name was Buster Mills. Uh, he was an outfielder. It was September 23rd, 1935. Uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers were at the Phillies. He was an outfielder. Um, he played for six different teams in uh, parts of seven seasons, uh, but it was strung across like a bunch of years, 1934 to 1946. So he was like up and down in the minors a lot. Now, a couple facts about Buster Mills, which I love. He was born and raised in a, and I didn't even know this town existed, but there's a, a city in Texas called Ranger, Texas. Um, how, how have the Rangers not moved there? <laughs> like, have they not annexed the city somehow? But anyway, also my, but my favorite thing about Buster Mills, I think, is that his, well, his full name is Colonel Buster Mills <laughs> and his dad's name is Elvis. So they predated the Elvis Colonel relationship, uh, of the 1960s. So kudos, like, like five decades, uh, anyway, um, he was an all-around athlete. He was an all-big six quarterback with Oklahoma <laughs> in 1930. Yeah, and so, yeah, well, it's funny because, like, they're the Big 12 now, but yeah. when I grew up, it was the Big 8. Yeah. And, like, and, and obviously, and there's people, like, who remember the Pac-8 of all things, it's, so it's weird. But, um, so with the with the Dodgers, they, I don't, I didn't see who got hurt, but someone must have gotten hurt because they, like, they bought him from the Cardinals, essentially, in 1935 but it was september and they were like not a good team but he he played 17 games for them down the stretch 17 out of 20 he started 15 um he was eh, like he was 12 for 65 with a home run 214 323 339 he he got hit by a pitch four times including the the two in the doubleheader uh just from his saber bio this is how they sort of described him i'm just gonna quote here uh, given a shot with the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers in September, the, quote, fast, sturdy, right-handed hitter, unquote, pounded the first pitch he saw for a double in his debut, and he drove in a run, and he was one of four sided for some, quote-unquote, brilliant fielding in the September 13th game against the Cubs. That was his first game. Then his, his second game, the next day, he had a three-run homer off Charlie Root. Uh, also at Wrigley, Root was the one who gave up the uh, called shot to Babe Ruth, um, uh, in the World Series like three years prior. So pretty famous uh, pitcher. Um, <laughs> Mill, Mills later um, became a coach with the White Sox, uh, Reds, and Red Sox. He managed for eight games, the Reds, in 1953. Uh, Rogers Hornsby like unexpectedly like quit in like essentially the last week of the season, and Mills went four and four. So he has a managerial record as well. My trivia, since this is hit-by-pitch-based, mm-hmm. um, what Dodger, or excuse me, who holds the Dodgers record for getting hit by pitch in one game? Is it not Justin Turner? It's not Justin Turner. I can tell you. Uh-huh. No, I, I won't tell you. I won't say that. Mm. I, Do I? No well, hints. Zero it's, hints. It's more than two. So Justin Turner's been hit twice as a Dodger three times. Uh, Chase Utley has been hit. I, I'm. Uh, let's see. He's been hit twice, three times. Uh, Buster Mills was hit twice, once. So he got hit twice in one game and then doubleheader the other two. Um, but, yeah, so it's more than two. Uh, I, I'll even tell you it's three. Uh, oh. But only one player did it, at least uh, dating back to 1901. Man, 
I don't even know how to, uh, I, I, I'll give you another hint. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's in the Jacob era. Jacob era. Um, oh, let's say Eric Karras. No, I'm trying to think. I don't think these two ever played together. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think if, if they would imagine. They, I don't, I, they almost certainly didn't. But uh, it was Nomar Garcia Parra. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just had um, to go with longevity. Like, who had the most games? To, I was who trying, most opportunities. I was trying to think if they played together on the A's, but he was he was not traded away from the Red Sox yet when Karras was on the A's. So, uh, but it was 2006, July 3rd. Um, he was one for two in the game with two RBIs, but also got hit three times. So, crazy game. Well, it's that time. Yay! With Jens and Craig. We love them. The first question from our friend Craig. As of this writing, the Dodgers' all-time leaders in home runs as a designated hitter are Corey Seager and Matt Kemp with three home runs. Can Eric name the leaders for the other NL West teams? Here, here are his hints. And we'll, we'll do this one at a time. Uh, the Dynamax leader was a member of their World Series winning team. So my first instinct was just to say Luis Gonzalez. Okay, I'm actually going to keep going because I have to find okay. my, these That's answers. Fine. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just now realizing that uh, I, I don't have them. So yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, Giants, you don't need a hint. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Aurelia, no, uh, Barry Marquise Bonds, Grissom. Uh, yeah. uh, the Padres leader, he led all the Padres in B-War on their last World Series team. So that was 98. Um, man, I guess. So Greg Vaughn hit 50 home runs that year. Yeah, Gwynn was awesome, though. I just don't think he played enough. So I, and Finley was really good in center. But I'm going to go. Wait. So he had to play for a little while. No, I, I'll just go Greg Vaughn. Correct. Uh, you were wrong on the Diamondbacks. Jay Bell. Uh, ah, nice. answers. Uh, and for the Rockers leader, last uh, DH homer was more than 10 years ago. Um, so just trying to think, just talking myself through this. Uh, Matt Holiday. Larry Walker. Nice. Uh, Hall of Famer, Larry Walker. One, one random note, Matt Kemp is a homer behind the Padres and Rockies leaders in that category. Ah, nice. Stick it out. You well, can fun, fun fact I think about the Dodgers uh, designated hitters. So, uh-huh. but before they, the Dodgers historically have been terrible. They've had, they were okay like the last couple years at DH um, in interleague play, but like they before this season, the Dodgers hit six home runs as a DH. The DHs hit six home runs in all in twenty three years of interleague play. Um, this year they have seven uh, in forty one games. So. Doing pretty well. Get the spreadsheet out. How many wins will the Dodgers have if they happen to clinch their eighth straight NL West so title? I, I read this as the wins at the time of clinching. Uh, I think yeah. that's what Craig meant. I think that's what he means. So, and not what they'll finish with. Um, so, right now, the Dodgers are 30 and 11. The Padres are 25 and 17. They haven't, the Dodgers haven't played their Sunday game yet. But uh, so they're five and a half up with 19 to play, 18 for the Padres. The magic number is 14. Um, I think the Dodgers, they, you're not going to rely on San Diego losing a ton. 
So I think the Dodgers need to win more than the Padres will lose. So I will say 39. That's exactly what I was going to go with. Yeah. So we're, we'll just both be right on this one. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I was going to say 40, but that was because I had them winning yesterday. They didn't I almost <laughs> I almost said I almost said 38. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's a switch. A trivia question for Jacob. Thanks, huh? Craig. Yeah. Mookie Betts is trying to be the fifth Dodger to lead the team in both home runs and stolen bases in a single season. The first two were tied for the team leads in home runs. In 1972, Willie Davis led the team in stolen bases and was tied with Frank Robinson for lead in home runs. And in 1979, Davey Lopes was again the stolen base leader, and he also tied with Steve Garvey and Ron Say with 28 homers. Can Jacob name the other two? So, confession time. I cheated. And that's only because uh, this question infuriated me as I was trying to guess the answer. Uh, but I, I will t- explain to you exactly my journey uh, before arriving to the right answers. And I think I would have done this with, before I started doing my research. But the reason why I was inspired to do research, uh, first, can, do you know? So I actually wrote about this exact thing a couple weeks ago. Okay. So um, I, I figured you did. Yeah. So it's infuriating. Uh, first two names I thought of just sort of lazily were Matt Kemp and Roel Mondesi. I think that's fair, right? Yep. For They're sure. who you think Mon- of when you think. Montessi was literally the first 30 30 guy in the franchise history. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then I thought, uh, right after that, I thought of Sean Green. I, I always remember he actually stole a lot of bases early on in, in the Dodgers' career. And then while I was stewing on those three names, trying to figure out which, which of the two I was going to pick, I remembered uh, one of these answers was last year. Yep. Uh, you know, not exactly uh, a season where you would think, oh, for sure, that led the team in stolen bases, but uh, Cody Bellinger did last year. Uh, so, and then I was uh, pretty damn confident uh, Matt Kemp's 2011 campaign being the other. So I was so angry that Romanesi and Sean Green never did this that I had to kind of research, go, go into that and research a little bit on why and what happened. Um, and it's basically entirely Eric Young's fault. Yep. There, uh, speaking of Eric Young, <laughs> uh, someone, oh, so I guess Rymel Tapia the other night um, for the Rockies, he had a leadoff home run at Dodger Stadium, and the Rockies, like, a PR team, like, put out a thing saying, like, uh, I forgot the exact reason, like, they put this out, but... Um, it was like a list of players who had hit a leadoff home run, and I don't remember if it was like at Dodger Stadium or just something. There was some other hook to it, but I was I laughed because both Eric Young Senior and Eric Young Junior were on the list. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> so like any any time that like yeah, and it, I, I, I I'm, it. I'm joking a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Bo- Piazza stole some home run titles away from um, Mondesi. Uh, Sean Green did lead the Dodgers in stolen bases. Uh, in 2000. Uh, do you know, can you, where was he on home runs? Uh, so my tri- here, I get a trivia uh, question. Okay. So I'm, I'm, so the two, uh, the two 40 years were, well, 2002 was one of them. I don't remember if, it, if 2001 or 2003 was the other, but like, um, I, I, I know Sheffield had more Correct. home runs 43. in 2000. I want to say green had 24, 
four homers. Cor- correct. Um, so just thinking of that team, man, two thousand. Did Laduka hit twenty five? Uh, no, no, I don't. I honestly don't remember. I don't. I'm blanking. So, oh wait, two thousand was. Um, I'm uh, I'm see. laughing. There was, that, that was Eric Karras's, uh one of his thirty hundred years, I believe. Uh, yes, he had thirty one. Uh, so Sean um, Green was tied for uh, third uh, with oh. Todd Hundley. Oh, nice. Uh, Paul so Duke I, I had the, I had, I yeah, had the you were right there. <laughs> so uh, Dodger catcher did almost hit twenty five. Combined, they hit twenty six. Um, and then it. in two thousand and one, he did lead the team in home runs with forty nine. Yeah. Uh, and then he was uh, amongst the first the the nominal starters that Baseball Reference could get you. He did lead in stolen bases, and I was so excited that I it was Sean Green. Uh, Tom Goodwin stole two more than him. <laughs> yeah, cla- classic Tom Goodwin. <laughs> so that that leads to my frustration. So uh, with three weeks left, using the one to ten scale, with ten being is definitely making the roster. Tell us what you think of the following Dodgers and their chances to play in the postseason. You normally like to give bizarre percentages on this, right. but you're stuck to ten numbers here. Yeah. So uh, I, can, I can tell you, I'm stuck to two numbers. Okay. <laughs> given given these. Questions. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the first yeah. first uh, crop we have players on the IL: Justin Turner. So he has a hamstring thing. He's eligible to come off. Uh, I believe. Thursday, I forget exactly when. Oh, maybe it's Tuesday. I, I think it's Tuesday. But like, he—it's going to be at some point this week that he's there. He's a ten, like easily. Okay, Joe Kelly. So Joe Kelly uh, has been out for about three weeks with the shoulder thing. He also still has to serve his suspension when he gets activated. Now he is pitching Monday in a like his second like facing live batters uh, situation in the last couple days. He said like that he, he, we interviewed him today and he said like that was his, it's a big like day just in terms of gauging where he's at. But he like, he basically said like he needs to see, he, he needs to prove to himself like that his control is there or that he's like ready ish. Um, I, but even if he's not ready like Monday or like doesn't show that he's ready Monday, he's close enough to that. He's going to get activated with ample enough time. So I, I think just given the amount of doubt, I, I want to say he's a 10 because he probably is a 10. But just to, just to factor in that maybe something comes up and he, and he doesn't quite have it, I'll say, I'll say an 8. I thought you were sticking the two numbers, so we'll I, see. Tens, I thought tens or eights. I thought no, no. I thought it would get the other. It's going to be lower. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Baez, ten or an eight. So he is, I think, farther along than Kelly. He, I believe, faced hitters already and might do it again. I, and plus, he'll be. He doesn't have to serve a suspension, so he'll pitch sooner. But he's going to be back at some point this week, I believe. And I think he's a ten. Scott Alexander. So they just optioned him um, the other day. He he's been he was like fine early, but he he's walked a bunch of guys. He's been kind of all over the place. He as he tends to do. I don't want to say like he said one to ten. My first instinct was to say zero, but I don't think it's a zero. 
Um, and they have a ton of lefties, and like Caleric has like leapfrogged him uh, in the lefty group at least. And there's way there's more besides that. Um, I so I have a so, question so, here. So I think I think he's a one. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I agree, but one thing I did find a little interesting in watching them play, um, and I'm surprised I don't know this, but I don't, the the runner on second, is that a thing in the playoffs? Um, During extra oh, innings? No, 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 no. Okay. Because no, that, w- that was seemed to be his other big role, Scott Alexander, was the guy we want to get a ground ball to induce a double play in this silly situation. So that That's true. But that like that's also like what Caleric yep, does? Absolutely, absolutely. So, like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agreed, but it just made, made me think about that. I also yeah. didn't think that rule would be in play, but I got nothing else this year. What a... they, they, there are going to be twenty-eight man rosters in the playoffs, so that's so that is sort of a thing. But like, but yeah, not not the extra inning rule. All right, the next one I'm going to let you say. You're going to be my pronunciation guide. Um, Kbert. Kbert. All right, I would have been right. Yay! I um, doubt myself. So, I guess. I also I want to say a one on him because I just don't think he's going to be on the. I don't think they're going to carry three catchers. They're, you know, um, they have enough hitters outside of that. I think to to not carry him. So I want to say one, but just in the off chance that because catching like uh, Austin Barnes like got hit in the neck and he had a big welt yesterday in that game. Like catchers just get nicked and hurt easily. So, like, I, I will bump him up to a three. So, assuming um, Edwin Rios is the, the swap when Justin Turner is ready. Mm-mm, he's not. I don't. I won't assume that. Okay. <laughs> you're here. All right. So, we've got the current roster. In terms of just hitter off bench, uh, we have to add Justin Turner. Where where does uh, Kbert rank just in general as a someone we want to get a hit off the bench? Okay, so they have 13 active players now, mm-hmm. position players. Um, so adding Turner is 14, and I think that's what they'll carry in the playoffs. Um, beyond that, like, I I, um, I want to say, like, McKinstry might be ahead of Ruiz, but that might not be true. So, like, maybe he's, like, closer than I'm giving him credit for, but... Um, I think they would sooner consider adding like a Terrence Gore at that point okay. than, than adding Ruiz as a third catcher. The fifth question is, I was listening to a farmer talk about melons, as you do, <laughs> and he was yeah. empathetic that the seeded watermelons are better than seedless. Uh, it, makes, it makes sense, though, and I've never compared them myself. As we hit the end of the summer soon, do you prefer seeded or seedless watermelon? And what do you think of watermelon flavor in candies and drinks? So, I um, I like seedless just because I'm lazy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to, like, pick out the seeds and stuff. I, I, I guess I haven't eaten enough watermelon to notice a discernible difference. Like, I would have, it's, like, it's completely different food, so this sounds blasphemous or just stupid. But, like... It's like uh, boneless chicken versus chicken on the bone. No, I have, you know, a, I have like, a big opinion you know. there. So, like, like there's so maybe the flavor is there if there's seeds, but like I, I can't say I've felt uh, had felt a difference. Um, one time uh, I used to go like early elementary school. Like um, I went to the boys' club uh, after school a lot mm-hmm. and did some you know activities and stuff there. And I believe 
at one point I was part of a watermelon eating contest. It was like straight out of like a, like Stand By Me, except not pies. Um, but um, yeah, like that was fun. I think I won. I can't remember. Uh, I you would you would think that would be I should know that detail, but uh, I just remember like I was. Um, I don't know. I was I was really good at it, and uh, and I like watermelon. I don't eat enough watermelon, I think. Uh, so I need to incorporate. Next time I go to the store, I'm going to get watermelon just because of this question. How how often has that been a thing for you on this this show when we get these oh. food questions? Well, it's it is it's like the shiny object, right? It's like ooh, yeah. like, <laughs> that looks good. Like so, like of course it'll like. Do you think Craig uh, has a an N on big watermelon? And he wait, wants- oh. Yeah, so uh, you know what? I I am not a giant watermelon fan, uh, so like I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the expert answer. I'm gonna put Melissa on real quick. Nice. Hold on. Yes, we have a guest. Seeded or non-seeded watermelon? That's the microphone. I've got to say that seeded has a better texture and flavor, but I always go for seedless because I'm lazy. Uh, Melissa, a woman after my own heart. I love it. <laughs> is that what you think? I, that's what I said. I said I'm. I, I. It's probably better, but I always go seedless because I'm lazy. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah, I ate a seeded watermelon the other day, and I. I feel like I ate about ten seeds because I just couldn't be bothered to find them in there. Those will grow in your stomach. It's like it's. <laughs> It's like buying shelled peanuts. Like, it's cool. It's probably good. But, like, it's so much of a mess. Like, why go through the bother of that? Like, right. Uh, that's weird. Exactly. Yeah. Jacob, do you eat watermelon? Not really. He doesn't eat watermelon. Well, this is a this is a fun uh, divergence from our usual uh, food question. I'm, I'm very grateful that you were on. Yes, uh, absolutely. Happy to be here. Glad to have you on. Bye. Bye. All right. Real expert opinion. That was that was beautiful, and I, I enjoyed that she used the exact word I did. <laughs> um, she came down right when I put her on, so she did not hear your your answer. I can verify. She was in that. a she was in a cone of silence. This isn't a quiz show situation. <laughs> no, she was upset. Okay, good. So oh. that's it. We you forgot the oh. the sec- well you didn't forget you asked it I just haven't answered it. The second part of the question, um, the only other thing like candy and drinks, like watermelon, like drinks, I, I don't, I can't say I've drank a lot of stuff that is watermelon based, but that it seems a little too, um, light for me or like there's not a lot in there. Um, but, uh, or candies, it's the opposite where it's completely overdone. You're anti watermelon oh. candy, right? No, I was going to yeah. say watermelon. Jo- oh, to Melissa. Okay. Sorry. Watermelon Jolly Ranchers though. Solid. No, I think they're gross. Yeah, well, you're. It's, it's fine. You, you, you could be wrong. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Are you gonna go buy some watermelon? I am. I'm gonna. I'm. We're gonna stop the podcast now. And thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go out and eat some watermelon, and we'll talk to you next week.